Hello, everyone. You're listening to the DSG Connect podcast. As one of the world's leading dental laboratory networks, we value connection. And in alignment with that value, the DSG Connect podcast is here to serve you. Our goal is to elevate voices in dentistry. You know the ones, world changers, innovators, disruptors, true leaders, the people making a difference and bringing world-class solutions to our industry and communities. Our guests will educate, inspire, and share what is working, how to pivot when things go sideways, and everything in between. Wherever you find yourself listening, thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on DSG Connect. Dr. Patrick Lillis graduated from Crichton University School of Dentistry in Omaha, Nebraska with his Doctor of Dental Surgery degree. Upon completion of dental school, Dr. Lillis did a two-year advanced education in general dentistry residency program at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Dentistry in Kansas City, Missouri. His training has provided him a unique opportunity to focus on and treat extremely difficult dental complexities. He's had the opportunity to work under some of the foremost leaders in implant and cosmetic dentistry in the Midwest. In addition to running his practice, Dr. Lewis holds a distinction of being a keynote speaker for several dental manufacturers and lecturing nationally at numerous study clubs and larger peer-reviewed dental meetings nationwide. Let's listen in. Hi, Dr. Lewis. Thanks for being back on DSG Connect. Thanks, Heidi, for having me. It's so, uh, it's so good to be back and happy to be here with you today and looking forward to our conversation. You are huge in the digital space, and we're going to talk today about how digital dentistry and workflows changed your practice. Share a little bit with us about what the catalyst was. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, everybody's got a story in dentistry of how they got to what they're doing, and mine is no different. And so I always kind of like to start off with my digital journey because, you know, Heidi, I'm 45 going on 46 years old. I've been practicing for a while now. So I would say I'm kind of probably in the middle of my career. So when I first started into practice, I digital really just, it was around, but it was still in its infancy stages. So I wasn't trained on how to do any digital work at all. In dental school, we did zero. I'm kind of learned as we went. So I was given a lecture in La Crosse, Wisconsin, about now 14 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. During the first five minutes of the lecture, I had a group of doctors raise their hand and ask me, when, when are you going to discuss intraoral and digital intraoral impressions? And I told them that I'm not going to be doing that today. It's not part of the lecture, blah, 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 blah. And next thing I know, these five doctors got up and walked out of the room. And I think it, and I don't blame them because it was something where they were so charged up to do technology that they figured if this wasn't going to benefit them, why bother spending a whole day with me listening? That was my first inclination that I really truly needed to get involved in digital dentistry. And so I, on my way home, actually called a 3M rep and uh, I act right there on the spot ordered my first intraoral scanner. And that started my digital journey. And it's gone, you know, it's gone from single to two teeth all the way to what we're doing now. It's just absolutely wild what's going on. But I cannot imagine going back, you know? So I think that's the, sure. that's the take home here is that can't imagine not doing what we do during a day. It's just, you know, dentistry is hard enough and the fundamentals of dentistry haven't changed. I mean, all the diagnosis and treatment plan are the same, but how we're capturing information and how we're planning our cases is just a lot, lot more streamlined. So that's, that's where I started. And um, as we get going today, I'll kind of share with you where we're 
where we are now and where we're going in the future, hopefully. I know that there's some doctors that are listening that are thinking, well, what about training my staff or the time that it takes? You know, anytime you go to try to implement something new, you experiencing maybe challenges or roadblocks. What were those for you and how'd you overcome them? Yeah, good question. So 80% of my career is in my private practice. That's my bread and butter. That's how I make my living. Um, so I deal with what everybody's listening to on this podcast right now, you know, so I dealt with staff, I dealt with everything you just discussed and was there with my staff, it, it really comes down to how the doctor's going to lead the team. So if the doctor's kind of wishy-washy about the technology and bringing it in and not implementing and doesn't really believe in it, then the staff really isn't going to either. But if the doctor really says, you know, this is what we're going to do, and I really believe in it, and I think we should do it and explain and, and really approach the why on why you're doing it, then the team will start to believe in what you believe in. So yes, there is a learning curve. But the beauty of these systems nowadays is that there's trainers. The trainers will come in mm-hmm. and help you implement that into your day-to-day routine. Is there going to be a learning curve going from analog to digital? No question. I mean, if you're like me and you're doing impressions all day long, and now all of a sudden you're going to bring in technology, there is going to be a 100% learning curve. You're going to have to completely redo how you do things. The learning curve when I did it was a little steeper than it is today. And today it's just a lot easier, but the trainers are real, real helpful. And then lastly, there's courses that we're doing with digital technology that then take it to the next level. So once you're got it into your practice and you're kind of up and running with it, you can then start taking courses about taking it to that next level. So yes, there are some roadblocks with your team and really with us as doctors in general, but once you kind of get past that learning curve, I promise you, your life will be a lot, lot easier. You will not be able to imagine. I mean, I can't imagine going backwards at this point. I cannot imagine um, doing what I did before. Not that it was bad, by the way. It just, it, it, it wasn't, but just the streamlined use and ease of use nowadays and how we're doing things is just a lot, lot, lot better than what I was doing before from personally, from my aspect. So that's just my own personal opinion. Sounds really encouraging to me. I mean, there's so much more support and things are just so much more advanced and are, and continue to advance. What workflows have you found to be helpful? Well, okay. So let's talk about internal scanning, for, for example, like just scanning teeth on a day-to-day, because that's what you're going to be doing the majority of your day in and day out. So let's take the example of scanning, let's say tooth number 19 because that's kind of like a bread and butter everyday procedure that most people are going to be doing in their practices. So when I first started, that's what we did. We scanned one to two teeth only. And then in a collaboration with implant companies, we started scanning implants, but we did one to two teeth. And what we found when we did one to two teeth was we basically were scanning teeth and things were dropping in. Then what I did with the 3M engineers over time is I said, okay, What if then on our reconstructive cases, if we crossed the arch and scanned multiple teeth, say like Mm -hmm. six teeth. And at the time, the engineers at 3M had never done that. We kind of pushed the envelope and did a little pilot study of doing that. And what we found is that the restorations were just as accurate crossing the arch and doing multiple units as they were doing single to two tooth units. And then what we started doing is starting a little more sophisticated in that we started doing our our from-off rehabs. So multiple crowns changing vertical dimension into digital world. And and that became successful and that has become the platform of what we do at Reconstructions. Then recently what we did is we started doing the planning. Instead of doing diagnostic mock-ups and wax-ups on stone casts with drip wax, we started doing mock-ups digitally and working with technicians that are not 
uh, in your locale anymore because finding a local technician that can do the work that you want to do sometimes can be challenging. With digital, it just opened up more doors for us. So now we're doing digital planning on TeamViewer. So some of, with some of our technicians at Fine Arts, uh, with Pat Shumway and Mike Raleigh out in, in Utah, we're doing the mock-ups on TeamViewer and I'm able to log on and help do the mock-ups on TeamViewer sitting side by side as if they were in my office. So now the planning has become even better. Then to go even further, we started doing uh, internal scanning mock-ups with merging it with CBCTs to do our digital planning with our implant cases with our surgeons. And so, so like I said, it's a long-winded answer, but we started scanning single teeth and, and we're all up to what I just explained now. It's just become, it's just opened up so many doors for us and became just a lot easier to do our day-to-day workflows. Especially when you're able to communicate with your technician in real time, way to dial it in on the front side of things. It's a huge time saver. Yeah. Communication is, is probably the most difficult thing today in a modern dental practice because most practices are busy. I mean, you're busy seeing patients. If you're like me, it's, it's, it's tough. So if you can have digital as part of your workflows and communication with not only the technician and ourselves, which is really big, but also mm-hmm. including now your surgeon and the technician and uh, so that everybody's on the same page, it just makes it just makes your care so much more streamlined and your workflow is much more streamlined. And all that does is decrease stress. And that, at the end of the day, that's what we're looking to do in our offices is decrease stress, not increase it. Absolutely. And the patients get a better end result too. I think so. So what I found is that when I went to, I mean, granted, so a little background on my impressions is that the majority of, let's say, you know, bigger cases, we were using all custom trays of polyether impression material, just kind of like what we were taught in dental school and residency. We were only having that many problems. I mean, things were, were fitting really good. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of remakes. So I didn't really see the, the need to change, so to speak. And the only reason I changed is because of what I mentioned earlier. But what I found is that when I went to digital and we went to the printed models and the scanning, I found the restorations were actually dropping in with no, little to no adjustments at all. Did that and surprise you in the beginning? It did. It yeah. did. And, and the other thing that surprised me was the marginal integrity of the restorations was better. Now, remember, these are the same technicians that we worked with before. That, so the technician wasn't any different. So it wasn't like, you know, we went from a different technician and the work got better. And these were really quality lab technicians. It's just that with, with the scan, there's no distortion. And with a 3D printed model, there's no distortion. Well, elastomeric impression materials, we know that there's distortion on the impression. And we know that there's impression when there's distortion when you pour up the model. So right there, there's two points of error that digital completely eliminates. So what we found is that our marginal integrity was better. So meaning that we just didn't have quite as many open margins as we used to. Not that we had a bunch, but um, so the remakes just almost went to, I won't say zero, but pretty darn close. And so, uh, and then the marginal integrity was better. The transition from tooth to margin was, was better. So it just was an overall better restoration. And the, in the context, I, I just don't adjust contacts anymore. And I don't adjust occlusion anymore, which was unusual when I was doing regular dentistry. And, and we just kind of got used to adjusting both of those things. That was, that was the norm, so to speak. With digital, that's completely, that's gone away. That's kind of what we found. And that was, that was surprising to me, Heidi. I mean, it was, it really was. And that was very eye-opening. My next question was going to be, how has digital dentistry changed your practice? Well, it's a time saver. It's, it's lessening (laughs) your stress, which is a huge theme. Everybody wants less stress. I mean, to be honest, as I get older, I want less stress. You know, I mean, 
And, and when I lecture, I say, listen, if when you're evaluating bringing something into your office, you've got to make sure that it's going to make you more efficient, more predictable, and be a better dentist. And if it doesn't meet those three criteria, to be honest, I'm not doing it. I'm not bringing it in. So it is, it's, it's decreased my stress. For example, yesterday I was working like most dentists were, and I was fixing, I think it was like number 30 and they were cruising along and I went ahead and scanned it and I saw something on the margin I didn't really like. Well, that would be equivalent to like an air bubble on an impression. The beauty of intral scanning is that I went and took an eraser, erased that one piece. And then I was able just to, all I had to do is just pick it up in the scan. It took me about two seconds versus another three to five minutes on an impression because I have an air bubble on the margin. There's nothing more, there's just no more, there's nothing more frustrating. And so mm -hmm. that was just one example of how I could fix it and just keep moving on. The other thing too, is I was able to, you're able to blow up the restoration and look at the margins, not only from the outside, but you can actually flip it on the inside and you can see internally what it looks like too. So that's where I think some of the remakes go down is because you're able to evaluate your dentistry even better. And if you have a problem, you're able to fix it pretty easily. Cause I know, I mean, maybe I'm the only dentist Heidi, but like how many times did you see something and you're like, eh, I don't want to take another impression. Let's just, let's just quote unquote, make it work. And anybody that does it, any dentist that's been practicing long enough that never said that they ever felt that way or did that thing is lying. You know, I mean, and, and, and I would consider some of my closest friends who to be some of the some of the best clinicians I know, and we all still say the same thing that, boy, is it really worth, you know, gosh, is that really worth taking another three to five minutes on another impression and the patient's going to be gagged? I mean, you know, those are all things that kind of weigh on your brain um, when you're looking at these things. But with digital, it kind of helps me make, it just makes me a better dentist because I can see, like I said, I can blow it up and I can see, and if there's anything that needs to be changed, it's just not that big a deal. And we can change it very, very, very quickly. So it's an overall, it's just an overall better way to do dentistry in my opinion. So you feel like it's made you a better dentist. Do you feel like it's increased your relationship with your technician or technicians along the way too, and kind of made them better? I mean, no question. Yeah. I mean, if you want to think about it, really, what I just explained with TeamViewer and, and, and any other platform you want to use, you don't have to use TeamViewer but it's almost kind of like having a technician in your office. You know, I mean, it's like the next mm -hmm. best thing to having a, an in-house laboratory technician, because you really can take five to 10 minutes and jump on the team viewer and your mock-ups and dial in that mock-up 100% working side by side with your technician. That's huge. I mean, that mm -hmm. to me is, is enormous. So yeah, I think it's hundred percent made it better not only for our technicians, but also the lab as a whole. It's just yeah. decreased their, it just, it's decreased the remakes is what I'm trying to get at. It's definitely benefited both the lab and the doctor and the patient, everybody, the whole ecosystem. Well, remakes are, Heidi, remakes are the killer. The remake in a, in a dental practice, you've, you already, your profitability also just went out the window. And a remake on the lab is a killer. So nobody wants a remake. So the, the number one goal for us is how do we, how do we pretty much eliminate remakes. I mean, really, I mean, that's what it boils down to, because if you have to remake, if you're doing a reconstructive case, or let's say even a veneer case or whatever you're doing, and you got to remake in the laboratory in six to eight restorations, that's a killer. And from a practice standpoint, you got to retemporize the patient. You got to uh, send the scans back, or you got to stand another impression back. Yeah, you know, I don't know, but that's an enormous amounts of chair time that just gets lost. And with digital, you just pretty much eliminate that. What are the three things? What are the three must-haves for any digital practice? The three things that you just have to have in your practice from a digital perspective 
if you want to look at it from just a overall optics standpoint, you need an intraoral scanner. I mean, that's where everybody starts. And mm -hmm. with an intraoral scanner, you can do pretty much whatever you want to do. And there's many players out on the market and anybody that wants to discuss the pros and cons of each system, just give me a call and I'll be happy to go through them. I have no relationship with any of these scanning companies. So I'll give you the truth of the pros and cons of it. But the intraoral scanner is probably, probably that's number one as, as, as a must have in the digital practice. Then the second thing you have to evaluate, and we go through this during our, our educational series on digital is, is a milling machine. Is it does that fit your practice? And there's a certain criteria that I go through with practices, not only that we coach, but also when we lecture to is, you know, there's certain metrics that I put out that does that make sense for you to bring into your practice? And the doctor has to be super honest when they're, when they're thinking about milling out restorations, because there's some things that go along with it. So a lot of pros and cons there, but have to be kind of explored uh, with the mm -hmm. practice. And then and then the third is going to be, have to be, you are going to have to up your game as far as your, you know, your router system in your practice, your internet connection, all that kind of jazz, because you're going to need in your computers because your computers and your internet and all that stuff is going to have to absolutely meet the criteria of the internal scanning. And those, each company has their own metrics as far as how they do things. Most companies now have their scanners in a box that you can use. I mean, Itero has their unit that's just pretty self-contained but you still need to have good bandwidth in your, in your, in, on your routers and your practice to do those things. And you still need to have the ability to communicate with your technician. So there are some things that you need to beef up on your technology end of things to, to make this thing. So those are kind of the three things that you need to have if you are going to start entering into the digital world. So say a doctor's listening and they're ready to jump in and make the decision. Technicians, what are you looking for in your laboratory, your laboratory technician in that relationship? Well, first of all, laboratory technicians, the biggest thing I see with the technicians nowadays is, is that they don't get enough information from the doctor and vice versa. So sometimes the doctor doesn't get enough information from the lab techs. A really healthy laboratory technician relationship, and I tell this to all the doctors that, again, that we work with is... I would suggest just having one lab that you work with. And, and people look at me like I'm from Mars when I say that. And, um, and that's okay. Everybody, the beauty of dentistry is everybody can have their differing opinions and, and they may all work. But for me, it's really important just to have really one lab that I can work with. And really, honestly, a couple technicians that I work with. And the reason I say that is because they know what I want. They know exactly the anatomy that I want. And every dentist is different. Every dentist wants different stuff. So from the lab perspective, they just want to make sure that they can give you what you want. So if you can just dial in a couple technicians that you work with, that's huge. So that to me is probably the most important thing. That's the thing I suggest the most when we lecture is that if you can just dial in one lab that you can work with. Now, it's not so simple. Sometimes a lab doesn't offer removable or, you know, sometimes they don't offer sleep apnea appliances and things like that. But I'm talking about just from a fixed ceramics standpoint. If you can dial in just a couple technicians that you can work with, you can eliminate the majority of the conversations that you have because they know what you want and you know what they want. And you can basically get into a really nice dance with them. It then becomes very seamless because you just have, you've eliminated all the, the phone calling back and forth. And same thing with the removable technician. I mean, I've worked with the same removable guy for over 15 years and I won't work with anybody else simply because we pretty much don't have to talk to each other much anymore. And that to me is 
back to efficient. So that's, that's, that's really what I'm looking for in a laboratory relationship is they know what I want, vice versa. And I don't want to be sending stuff back. I don't want to remake anything. So I'd almost rather have the technician reach out to me if there's an issue ahead of time than getting all the way to the appointment and reappointing the patient because it's not working, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the second is that then with the laboratory technician, once you guys get on the same page, then you can start really getting into materials, abutment mm -hmm. selection, um, all that stuff. You can get into them and they know exactly what you're going to want and how you want your abutments and how you want your margins marked and all that kind of stuff. There's so much going goes on to that relationship. It's probably the most important thing that a modern dental practice has nowadays. How long would you say that you have found that that kind of takes to build that for doctors that may not have that right now? And, you know, there there's frustrations that come along the way with working all of those kinks out. What have you seen? Well, first of all, the two biggest frustrations that happen in dental practices are laboratories and staff. Those are the two biggest headaches that you have in your, in your life. And there are two things that can really increase stress in your life. I think it takes several months, to be honest, to get really in rhythm with your technician. And maybe when you're bringing on a new technician, I would suggest that you have daily, if not weekly phone calls with the lab initially. Until you start getting into a rhythm with the same people over and over again, then you can start tailoring that off. And then eventually get to the point where you have very few conversations. My ceramist and I don't talk that much. The only time we really just talk is really what I just mentioned. Majority of the time is on the pre-planning side when we're pre-planning our diagnostic cases. And then after that, it should be, I always, I used to tell the residents, it's, it's kind of like paint by numbers, right? Then at that point, the case should be just set and you should be able to just kind of paint by number. You go to one, two, three, four, five, six, you just connect the dots. So that should be, that should be paramount. And then the second thing is that, but to get there, you need to probably spend several months going back and forth with your technicians. And once you can do that, then you start to get into a really good rhythm. I think so too. I definitely think so. So moving to the patient side of things, when you talk to your patients, how do you elevate your practice and differentiate yourself? This technology pretty much sells itself. So when you scan a patient nowadays, like when everyone, everybody in hygiene, uh, I have a friend. Uh, who's a dentist in San Antonio, and he scans every single hygiene patient. He's got Iteras in every op. He scans every single hygiene patient that comes in the door. That is very powerful. We don't do that because we get them on the new patient exam. So when they come back, every single impression that we take, we don't take impressions anymore. We take intraoral scans. Those are digital impressions. And when we pull the monitor up, pretty much right hovering above their face, and they're seeing all this technology right then and there without saying anything that sets you above that that sets you already above and here's the craziest thing that is that i had no idea whatever happened in my practice was this right here i have gotten more referrals from existing patients because i'm intraoral scanning and they're completely blown away by the technology number two the biggest practice builder you have in your office is the single to two tooth restoration. I cannot tell you how many cases that have come in over the years where they had a problem with a single to two tooth restoration because of why it didn't fit. And by the way, that happens in dentistry. We all know it. it's happened to me a gazillion times. 
it's not the dentist's fault, but what they came is that they said, I had a problem. They came in to see us. I scanned them versus their other dentist who took an impression. This isn't right, but they perceive now all of a sudden that this is better. Now, you and I know that impressions have been the standard of dentistry forever, and they work very, 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 very well. And I used them myself very successfully. But then right then and there, the technology has sold so many cases to so many patients. It's been one of the biggest practice builders we've had. That I had no clue was ever going to happen, to be honest. I, I had no idea that was ever going to, I had no clue that was going to be one of the biggest practice builders we had. What do you wish that someone told you when you were getting started? I was lucky. All right. I, I was <laughs> lucky to, I was lucky to have incredible mentors. Um, I'm, I always say I'm not that smart a guy. I was just smart enough to listen. My mentors always used to tell me to adapt and change. You know, if you want to be successful, not only in dentistry, but also just in business period, you have to be able to adapt and change. And if you don't adapt and change, then you start falling off the, you start falling off the cliff a little bit. And I think that's true with dentistry, whether you want to do it or not, digital's here to stay and it's only going to get bigger. So we either adapt and change and we, we offer that service to our patients or we become extinct. You know, it's not just doing something because it's cool. Is doing something because it, like I said, there's so many benefits to it that make it better. So I would tell when I coach younger dentists, I say, listen, adapt and change and listen and be coachable yourselves. You know, we, we expect our team members and our staff to be coachable and work within a team, but yet sometimes we hold a double standard in ourselves as doctors where we're not willing to be coachable and we're not willing to be humble enough to say, okay, maybe there is something better out there that I need to explore. And maybe I need to do this a little bit better. Maybe I need to change this or that, whatever. So always have the ability to, to really be able to adapt and change. Some My mentors told me that 17 years ago when I was a resident, I'll never forget it. And that was the best advice that I ever got. What are you most excited about right now? Any emerging technologies that you've heard about or something that's going on in your practice? I'm like a kid in the candy store. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I mean, this is kind of my thing, right? I had I had absolutely no clue where this was going to go on my digital journey. I mean, I was just scanning teeth, right, to stay relevant as a key as a KOL on the lecture circuit. I mean, I did it for all the wrong reasons. I'm absolutely thrilled about the the where we're going on the planning side of things right now with with digital dentistry in a sense that gone are the days of drip wax and stone models. And so I'm very, very stoked about that. I'm also really excited about the digital articulation. I think we're, we're making some huge strides as far as uh, getting, getting inclusion nailed down on the digital side, as far as digital articulation. There's some exciting things that are being done with CBCTs and merging of scans now. We're looking to go a step further in bringing in CBCTs as far as the TMJ and T, as far as the TMJ joints are concerned, as far as how that's going to affect our occlusion and our restorations. And that's, that's in the not too distant future, actually in beta testing as we speak, uh, we're starting to, to look in at doing that. We're also looking at digital occlusion. Uh, these occlusion, these digital occlusal records are becoming more mainstream now, and we're able to integrate that into our internal scanning. So that is going to be very, very, very exciting. So I mean, right now, Heidi, it's moving at the speed of sound and it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, my grandfather was a dentist. He was my first mentor. And so I was in the laboratory doing wax inlays and onlays for when I was 13 years old in, in Iowa, probably the best dentist I've ever known still to this day. And, but he took impressions. I always kind of mentioned that. I'm like, well, my grandpa took a lost American impressions, nothing wrong with it, 
but he took impressions. So it's like, okay, it's 2021. I think we've got to start moving forward uh, with the technology, not just because it's cool, but it just makes your life so much easier in your office. So there's so many things to be excited about. And this is a podcast and granted, we unpack all this much, much, much more in depth than lectures. And it becomes much easier than for dentists to use, but it's all there right now. And it's so much fun to do. And it can just make your life so much easier. What people can't see is your smile and your, whenever <laughs> I talk to you, you're always smiling about this stuff. I mean, it makes it fun and exciting. And so people, when things get back and we're in person, they need to come out and they need to, to see you speak for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It, it is fun. I mean, look, I mean, this is fun. I mean, it's like, like I said, it's just so much better than, than what we were doing before personally. And again, and, and, and there's, there's other ways, there's a million ways to do things. I just can't imagine ever not doing it this way, to be honest. What are some final insights for today? I always like to try to say, okay, what, if you were a young dentist, right. And you're coming out and you know, where do we start and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I tell people, if you're a young dentist, you've got to be able, even if you're a middle career dentist like me, or I don't know, maybe if you're wherever you are on the spectrum, just the ability to adapt and change. And how can we offer better dentistry to our patients? You know, we kind of owe it to them. I always think about, okay, this was my family member. Uh, how would how would we want to do this to them? You know, how would they want to be treated, right? I, I look at, so that's, that's one thing I say. Younger dentists, I say, listen, uh, get educated. Get educated. I mean, go get educated on how to solve problems. Because, you know, I see a lot of younger clinicians that come in and they're, they're coming in and they're asked, they're like all over the place, right? I mean, they're like wanting to do a 28 tooth reconstruction, opening vertical dimension, but yet they have, they really don't even know how to do proper preparation design just quite yet. And that's not their fault. It's just because they're younger dentists and I was in the same position. I would say just start basics and then just work up from there and then get educated and get really get trained at really good places so that you can really do the best dentistry that you want to do. And the last thing I will say is that I was looking the other day at um, In-N-Out Burger, right? I was in California not too long ago and, and given a lecture and, and Heidi, you know about In-N-Out Burger, just like I do. I, I was looking at In-N-Out Burger and actually Howard Ferran the other day discussed this too. And I think he was actually dead on. In-N-Out Burger, and I explained this to my wife, In-N-Out Burger has, I mean, what is that? It has like a cheeseburger, a double cheeseburger, you can have some French fries. I think they have like two or three soft drink options. And, and that's kind of about it, right? That's about it. I think dentistry is kind of the same. You know, younger, you know, dentists that are trying to do 5,000 different things. I think that's exhausting and stressful. Uh, and, and when I lecture, I always say, you know, how many people do molar root canals? And roughly three quarters of the room will raise their hands. And the next question is how many people really enjoy doing molar root canals? And literally half of those hands go down. And so then my third question is, then why are you still doing it? I mean, life is too short to be doing something you don't love to do. And don't do it because a rep told you it's going to be productive. If you really love doing something in dentistry, just do that and do it really, really, really well. And try to become the expert in your community in that, in whatever sphere of dentistry that you want to do. And what ends up happening is because things become more streamlined, they become more efficient, and you become more profitable in your practice. And guess what? You become happier. You become happier. The best dentists I know, Heidi, 
are people that have dialed in the things that they love to do and don't do the things they don't want to do. And sometimes it takes people 14 to 15 years to figure that out. My heavy suggestion is figure that out right now. And, and you all know what you like to do and what you don't like to do. If you put a gun to my head and asked me to do a root canal, I wouldn't do it. I don't even have the stuff in my office to do it because you know why? I stink at it. I'm not any good at it. I don't like treating children. So I don't do a pediatric dentistry anymore because I don't like it. So it's not a good experience for them or me. I don't place implants, even though I was trained as a resident to do, I don't do that either because I don't want the liability of doing that. So I don't do that either. People come in and say, I'm, I, I'm probably leaving a bunch of quote unquote money on the table and stuff. I don't care. I, I like what I do. I go to sleep at night. I sleep well. And I enjoy just doing the things they want. I want to do. I'm a gums up dentist. I only work above the gums. That's my suggestion. I love it because I think even this last year has really shown people what's important. Being happy is a huge thing, a huge thing. There's another doctor on the podcast, Dr. Rader. He's a local, a local doctor here in uh, Northern California and he's great. And he talks about, got to watch your stomach lining joy of what brings you joy and happiness in practice. And there's so much in dentistry to be happy about and excited about. 100%. Dentists need to really sit and dial this in. You only have a finite period of time at the chair. You do, period. I mean, you, you only have one career and it does, it's really true to be honest with you, it's not that long. And how many dentists do you see? And it happens to all of us where at some years down the road, you talk to them and they're, they hate what they do. And you're like, why do you hate what you do? And, and you see, start to looking into it. And they're doing a bunch of stuff they don't want to do. And I just tell them, don't do it. And they look at you like, I got, I have to do it. Like, you don't have to do anything you want to do. Do what you love to do. Like you said, that's what, what Dr. Rader said is I agree 1000%. You know, your stomach lining and your mental health is more important than anything else that you do, you know, and you only have a period of time at the chair. So make sure that you enjoy what it is at that time so that then you can look back when you retire and say, you know what? I had a pretty, I, I had a good career. I had a good run. Um, I enjoyed what I did. I love what I did. I love dentistry. I would tell everybody to do it, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that's to me is the most important thing is it, there's just more to it than, than anything else. Just do what you love to do and, and, and let the rest settle it out. And don't let, you know, my grandpa, here's the biggest thing of pro this whole podcast. Here's the, here's the biggest pro. My grandfather told me this when I was first going into practice, he said, Pat, listen, you want to build a good practice, right? And I said, yeah, of course. He said, then just, just do a really good job. That's it. You know, I can put as much Instagram dentistry as I want. I can do as much Facebook posts as I want. The biggest driver of the practice is just doing a really good job. That's it. And you'll build your practice just doing that. I, I firmly believe in that. That's still alive and well today. You're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And where can our listeners connect with you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And also thank you at DSG for what you all are doing for dentistry. I mean, most dentists don't understand because, you know, we, we, we just look at you as a lab, but it's so much more than that. Everything that you all are doing behind the scenes to try to make dentistry better, you know, for me, it doesn't go unnoticed. And I, and I wish more people could see the behind the scenes that goes on. So you know, podcast, the, the research and development that you're doing, the investment in technology, 
merging now with NDX as far as how to increase access of care, bringing in KOLs to try to help better education. So thank you for what you're doing and everybody in your team. So it's just huge. And I can't thank you enough for what you're doing for dentistry. This is just coming from a guy in private practice with no, no dog in the fight. So, so thank you for, for doing all what you do. You're welcome. You, thank anybody you. Can, anybody can reach me. At, you can go to my website, opdentaldesign.com. Uh, you can also reach me at Dr. Lillis, so D-R-L-I-L-L-I-S as in Sam, at Mac, M-A-C.com. Email me uh, any day of the week that you want to. You can call the office. You can talk to the team. <clears throat> My team has all been there forever. They can answer any questions that you have. If your team members have any questions about anything, you can reach out to them. If you want us to come speak to you, I'll be happy to speak to your group. We do a lot of Business Skills Academy. We have a platform at DSG that, that works as well. So in whatever capacity that we can do it, we're happy to help you. I love dentistry. I think it's probably, it's probably the best jobs in the world. Even during COVID, it, you know, we all started to think about everything. I think it's still the best job on the planet. I really, really do. And I love it. And I just want other people to love it as much as I do. And I want people to have successful careers and, and really have a good life. Because I always think it's, if you have better dentistry, you have better life. Thank you for listening. We invite you to subscribe to DSG Connect on iTunes or Spotify. Take a minute to refer a friend or colleague and help us spotlight this podcast by leaving us a review. In between episodes, stay connected with us. Have a topic in mind? Send your suggestions to podcast at dentalservices.net. Also, did you know we have webinars? Check them out at dentalservices.net slash edu. We believe we're stronger together. Until next time, enjoy your day.